Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which we will consider this ascension service is recorded in the book of Acts chapter 1. There we read verses 1 through 11 as follows in Jesus' name. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, back when I was 13 and 14 and 15 years old, I used to work as a caddy at a golf course right by our house. On one occasion, during a professional tournament, a golfer in a group that I was with got a hole in one. That was an exciting thing to see, and afterwards I told everyone all about it. I could describe the arc of the ball and just where it hit on the green and then how it rolled, seemingly drawn across the green to the flag as if a magnet were pulling it, and then how it clunked into the hole, and then all the cheering and the yelling. Certain things are kind of easy for us to talk about when we witness some unusual or exciting or important event, the account of it seems to flow out of us without any effort. We can't keep it to ourselves. Our text this evening describes how our Lord Jesus was physically gathered up into the clouds and lifted from their sight in the presence of the disciples. 
Before he ascended, Jesus told them, you shall be witnesses to me. And so on this ascension day, let us consider those same words as our theme. You shall be witnesses to me. And we note this, that the disciples could do that. They could be witnesses because they had the facts they needed. And they had the power they needed. And they had the promises they needed. The evangelist Luke originally addressed his gospel account, bearing his name, to his friend, a man named Theophilus. And so now he begins his next writing, the book of Acts, with these words. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. What Luke wrote about in his gospel account were the things that these disciples knew from their own personal experience. They knew all the facts. They'd been with Jesus constantly for the three-year span of his earthly ministry. They traveled with him. They watched him perform miracles. They listened to his sermons. They watched him in debates. And they received intense personal instruction from him. So they knew that the Lord had picked them to be his witnesses and to spread his gospel message. In addition to that, the disciples had been with Jesus several occasions after he had risen from the dead. Luke goes on, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So being personally educated in this way, the disciples really had all the facts that they needed. Wherever they went, they could witness of the Savior and the kingdom that he founded. We know that Jesus intended for his gospel to be preached well beyond the lifetime of those apostles. His command to be witnesses then applies to us in our day. We can be witnesses because we also know the facts. We know the facts because the Lord had them recorded for us in Holy Scripture. It's in the Bible that we find all the information we need to be witnesses for Christ. St. Peter wrote, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. By his holy law, God holds up a mirror before us, and he makes us to be witnesses of our own sins. And we're led to shame, and we are led to repent of them. And then by his word of the gospel, the Lord leads us to see and to know and to rely upon Jesus for our full salvation from our sins. When Jesus directed his disciples to be his witnesses, they could do so because they had not only the facts that they needed, but they also had the power needed for this task. Luke goes on, 
And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus knew that when he was gone, they would be tempted to retreat back to their homes up in Galilee, far away from Jerusalem. The memory of the Lord's brutal treatment at the hands of the religious leaders in that city was something fresh and painful in their memory. But instead, Jesus commanded them, don't run away, stay right there. Stay in that dangerous place. Why? Because something great was about to happen. The Holy Spirit soon would be poured out upon them. It is noteworthy that even at this late date, after all the training and education they had, the disciples still had this notion that Jesus was going to establish some sort of an earthly, powerful kingdom. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. A tremendous change took place within the disciples after the Holy Spirit came upon them, just as Jesus said would happen. And when that happened, they became effective and eloquent, brave witnesses of the gospel. They were given the power to witness using the proper words at the proper time. And on that very day, Jesus spoke of Pentecost, 3,000 people were converted to faith in Christ by their witness. While before this, the disciples feared to stay in Jerusalem, now they became bold defenders and proclaimers of the gospel in that very place. When the authorities there commanded them later to stop preaching it, They persisted. We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You and I can be witnesses to our risen and ascended Savior because we also have been given the power to speak. The Holy Spirit still is working through our witness, converting sinners to believe. He still gives us the courage to speak up for Jesus and on his behalf here in a world which more and more despises him. We can do that for we are given the very words to use and we're given the wisdom to apply those words. So St. Paul wrote, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for the salvation of all who believe. Our Lord Jesus left his disciples with a tremendous task and responsibility to carry out as he ascended into heaven. But he gave them the facts that they needed and he gave them the power they needed to do this, to witness. And he gives 
that same ability to us today. So finally, we see that Jesus' disciples could go forth and witness of him because of a great promise that he gave. Luke goes on, Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. What a sight to behold. What a mixture of thoughts and emotions must have filled the disciples there in that place as the Lord was taken up. They were awestruck to see the Lord gathered into the clouds and lifted beyond their view. No doubt they must have also felt a natural sadness at seeing him go away. They must have felt frightened and anxious about now traveling the path they would walk without him. And yet through all of this they could remember joyfully a promise that he had given them. He'd said, Behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Now in his risen and glorified state, Jesus uses fully all of the divine attributes, the divine powers and characteristics that are shared with his human nature. This means that while he would not be visibly present with them, Jesus would still remain with his friends as their ever-present God and Lord. All that happened in the world, in fact, would be for their benefit as they went forth to proclaim his gospel. The angels who now joined the disciples comforted them with a further promise. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. God sent those messengers to remind the disciples that Jesus would surely keep another promise, and that is that he would come back on the last day to judge the world and to gather his believers to himself in heaven for all eternity. That promise strengthened the disciples in the work that they had to do. They knew they couldn't spend their days watching the sky There was a whole world to be reached now with the good news of forgiveness and life through Christ. You and I carry with us that same promise today. Because he ascended to the Father, Jesus now fills heaven and earth with his glory. In his state of exaltation, Jesus is everywhere and always present on our behalf. Now he governs the world. And he directs everything that happens for the sake of our witness. He declared this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. With these promises of his continued presence and protection and his promise to return for the judgment on the last day, We can be busy doing the work that he's given us to do. And what is that work? Again, he says, you will be my witnesses. And we can do that because we have the facts. We know the saving gospel and we have the Holy Spirit who brings us to trust it. 
We have the needed power to do that. The Holy Spirit works through our witness so that other people can hear it and believe it and be saved. And we have the promise which strengthens and supports us for this task. Christ will return in the clouds on the last day to bring home to glory all those who have trusted in the salvation from sin and death and hell which he has earned for all of us by his own sinless life and his innocent death and his glorious resurrection from the dead and his triumphant ascension to the throne of heaven. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen.